Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hello, welcome to Williams and Bloom. Sunday, the 14th of January. My name is Chris Williams. I am joined as always by Brent Bloom. So much to talk about tonight with a lot of great basketball at Iowa State this week. We actually have a little bit of football to talk about as well. Not that we don't in January, but there was just a lot of rumors and stuff like that this weekend. So we'll address all of that. Of course, we are presented as always by our friends at MechDyne. The MechDyne Corporation has been sponsoring Williams and Bloom for years here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. And we appreciate them. That is M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. And if you look around when you go to Hilton Coliseum, uh, one of those night games, you see all the beautiful um, lighting coming from the football facility. That's MacDyne. That's the type of cool technology work that they do. But they do so much else. If you go to MacDyne.com, you can check out everything they do. They are fueled um, by Iowa Staters. They love hiring Iowa State engineers and everything else there at MacDyne. So we appreciate them. Of course, we come to you from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. And we are fueled by Cody Road. I had a glass of Cody Road bourbon last night after Iowa State defeated Oklahoma State in what was a long day for all the workers and whatnot at Hilton Coliseum and a lot of you fans that were out there starting at noon for the women's game and then the men's game that kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So shout out to all of you and uh, Bloom. How are you today? Good, good weekend and uh, just to sit at home. Yeah, good weekend to be at home. I guess the drive home from Ames to Des Moines yesterday was as bad as it has ever been. So those who made it up there, I hope you made it back because I guess it got really nasty with the blowing snow and wind. And late, yeah, late, late. yeah, like yeah. eight, nine, ten o'clock last night. So man, I'm over it. I know we got lucky in December. Uh, I'm over it. It's January 14th now, ready for spring. Let's get down to Kansas City. Come on. Well, we got a ways. Yeah. Okay. I was I was reading somewhere last night that basically in this week we've gotten almost the exact same amount of snow as we did all of last year. 
which is I, crazy. It felt like it. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we're not quite there, but like one more round and well, we'll we'll surpass it. I have literally like a f- seven foot drift on my sidewalk. Am I responsible for that? Yeah. Well, I can't move seven feet of snow. Get your shovel out and just start <laughs> start <laughs> plucking away, man. They're gonna put me in jail. Like, would you get fined? Yeah. It's uh it's a pain and that's the oh it's so bad. Like there's so many people there's who can put, relate. There's nowhere to put the snow. Like where am I supposed to put it? Yeah. It's not when that melt. wind it's so when bad. that wind gets going like that, oh. and then you, you go out and you you blow it or you shovel it and then just blows right an back. hour later you can't even tell that you did it it's but then the problem like with this round was because i i'm the type that i like to go multiple rounds just so it doesn't build up too much yep, you're smart if you if you don't do that well then it like well it like layers and freezes and then it becomes like these chunks of ice and it, it was it was nasty and then i had so i had a first thing happen to me today i was out there blowing and there was so much snow on my walkway up to my door that I didn't see my Sunday register and I ran over it with my snowblower. And you can imagine how that went. So there's just chunks of paper flying everywhere. And I normally would try and pick it up, but I, I, I just kind of let it be unfortunately, but yeah. Uh, Iowa winter tales for sure. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. I am. I'm just ready to, yeah, maybe move to Florida. Although I don't, I don't know if I'd, ha- I'd cut it there either. Cause I don't like hurricanes. I'd I'd do that and just fly out when when the hurricane's coming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's probably the easier easier route. Let's start with the Washington coaching search. Is that was kind of the topic of the day for most people who are on social media. If you're not, then you probably don't even know that this happened. There's a lot of listeners who probably didn't pay any attention to this. Our our subscribers were kind of alerted on Friday night of of some talk. Never felt like Matt Campbell was going to Washington. I, I never really took it that seriously, Brent. But as as we've learned with these coaching rumors and whatnot, that you know he's going to keep getting thrown out there, and it's a compliment that he still is a guy. Like it, at some point, they quit talking about you if you're not worthy of it, and Matt's just. Really well respected. It happened to be you get an Iowa native and Troy Dannon, who's the athletics director at Washington. Uh, reports are that Matt was involved there the last time when, when yep. DeBoer got the job at Washington. Ago. Yeah. So a lot of reason, And then some like I was really annoyed on Friday night when that phony gambling site listed Matt as the favorite because that site like. I don't even think I don't even know if it's like I don't even you can place bets through that. I don't I don't know, but I know that it it wasn't real information that they were going off of, but it got everybody amped up, and and then it creates problems because people are paying attention, and I don't know how much gets to you in the collective world, but mm-hmm. I'm starting to get text messages from everybody I know, and I'm sure recruits pay attention to that stuff, and it just the snowball going down the hill. We start to get other reports today about, uh, you know, connecting Chris Kleiman, connecting Lance Leipold, connecting Campbell, all to the Washington job. The one thing I would say is when people talk about interviews, in 2024, nobody really interviews for a job. It's just like when Washington is leaking that they got Jeb Fish today. 
and all the reports from national guys say, well, he's the only one that they were really serious about. That is public relations. I'm just yeah. teaching you guys how the media works here. That is Washington leaking because they want that to be the perception that nobody told them no. And if you talk to any of these other coaches, and I have no idea how it went down, but if you talk to Leipold or Kleiman, or I have no idea if Campbell talked to them or not, and anybody in those camps will say, no, 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 we never interviewed for that job. That That's how this works now because everybody's trying to save face. Did Matt talk to him? I have no idea. I do know that Matt Campbell was in Ames all weekend. They had a recruit in town. Um, and also players who are enrolling its semester are coming to town too with, with classes starting. So Matt was in Ames. He was not out in Seattle. I was never concerned that Matt Campbell was going to Washington, but nonetheless, it it caused a kind of a brutal 48 hours of just people losing their minds. Well, and and this this hits a lot of topics we've covered on this podcast for the last three years, C-Dub, and that is, you know, Washington is now in the quote-unquote, they're in the Big Ten, okay? So they're, they're in the, the, the top echelon, and so it's, it's not a coincidence that Washington would essentially target coaches from the Big 12. And, of course, Arizona's coming into the Big 12, and it's also not a coincidence that a, a Jed Fish, who is, took the job at Washington, potentially wants to, to get out of there because their financial situation is, is struggling down in Arizona, more so than some other schools in the Big 12, honestly. Um, so this all relates together. It's like, why, why does money matter from the conference itself? It's because it's a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. And the resources you have for your head coach, it's not just the head coach, it's the resources you have for your assistant coaches, it's your facilities, it's it's all the components of a football program. And then also, C-Dub, I, it, we're naive if we don't mention this, it, the NIL situation is a lot better at Washington than it would be at Arizona. It just is. And and if you're fighting to get one of those top jobs, um, it's it's again, it, it makes sense that they would target schools in the Big 12. And I guess, yeah, who knows if – if, if Fish was their first choice, if it was Leipold or somebody else. Um, but it just goes to show that NIL and resources and your support of the program has a direct effect not only on player retention, but coach retention as well. And so you, I think you're going to see potentially a race for some of these coaches to get out of the current spot and get into the Big Ten or the SEC until it's proven that there is a path forward to the playoff for somebody like the Big 12. So, again, kind of an uneasy time because those schools in the Big 10, the SEC, have so many advantages. Um, and I'm going to guess that Jed Fish probably doubled his salary overnight, which is which is understandable. But this whole world is coming together, and even these coaching positions, uh, it's all part of what is an attractive job anymore, and you're, you're – you coat not only just your salary, but you're the entire climate of the financial support of not only the rest of your coaches, but your players as well is going to have a huge impact going forward. It's interesting too when when I when I look at this from a macro level. Here's what I see: for the longest time, you know, you would look at like the Mac, and it's like that's the cradle of coaches for the, those are the next guys who are the Big Ten coaches or the Big Twelve coaches yep. or whatever, and. It kind of feels to me after watching Bama operate and watch Bama didn't take. Hear me out. Yeah. After yep, watching these two searches, it feels like the ACC and the Big Twelve are kind of going to be that for the SEC and the Big Ten now. 
And the reason I say that with Bama, I know they took a Big Ten guy, kind of Big Ten, like DeBoer never coached in the Big Ten, so it's fair, confusing. Yeah, but I I thought like like in my opinion, if you want to get to a playoff, if you want to that being at Florida State's better than being at Alabama in 2024. Or Mike Norvell. I understand they don't make as much media money. I, I understand all of this. Sure. But my point is, all you got to do is beat that dinosaur Dabo who won't doesn't want to pay the players, you know, won't, won't, won't adapt. And what else do you have to beat in the ACC if you're Florida State? You've got a ton of booster support. You've got, do. Yep. you know, Florida State should be going to the playoff every other year. At, at worst in this new era coming up. And so, but, but when I, when, when Bama opened, I'm like, well, why wouldn't Mike Norvell go to we'll Alabama? Go yeah. Right. Like you get out of the ACC, you don't got to worry about this anymore. You're at the big boy table, but it's, I think it's really strategic and I, I don't know where Iowa state sits. Um, financially i know that the bringing in the pac-12 schools hurt the media rights deal just a little bit as far as take-home money but i'm looking at kansas state i'm looking at kansas feels like texas tech with mcguire if they think he's the right guy man like yeah tcu if yeah clearly you like dykes down there you got you to a national championship game locking these guys up in really aggressive high buyout contracts I think would be very wise if you believe in your guy. And clearly yep. Iowa State does with Matt Campbell. I feel like Jamie's probably a little more of a CPA type when it comes to the finance of this thing um, than maybe some of these other athletic directors. But I also think Jamie's very open with his coaches. Like, you're not going to make $10 million, $10 million here. Like, you know, but he, I don't know. I, I, I think that's where we're going, though. I think it's mm. like, oh, okay, yeah. South Carolina is going to fire their coach. They're going to go to the ACC, and they're going to start. The the tiers to me are forming now. Yeah, I think It'd be that's, really that's, interesting to see how it plays out in that well, regard. Well, just look at the big jobs this offseason. Um, you, you know, you, you saw Michigan State go get the Oregon State coach. Um, you saw... Obviously, DeBoer go to Alabama. I'm trying to think what else is out there. Uh, Texas A&M went and got the Duke coach. So you, you're right. That Those are the tier. You're not seeing uh, Texas A&M go get the UTSA coach. You know, they, 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 they can afford to get Elko, who, again, probably would have stayed at Duke, but they just do not have the ability to compete there. And so what does that all mean? Chris, this is the point that I think you're getting to, and and, and I would agree, is – those programs, and you mentioned two of them, Kansas and Kansas State, are doing about as well as anybody in really investing in in everything. Yeah, um, seems like it. Infrastructure, NIL, uh, the facilities, the the whole whole nine yards. And so, I'm going to guess K- Kansas and K State. If you're looking at competition for Iowa State, they're right there. And just I this is anec- this is anecdotal, but I'll just kind of going to my point of, you know, what is that next arms race in this whole world? They're having an NIL fundraiser. Uh, Kansas and Kansas State are doing one together. They're charging $5,000 per ticket for a ticket to their fundraiser. I know where this is going. (laughs) We at Iowa State are charging $250 for our event on February 7th in Ankeny. And we've been told by 
a lot of people that's too much money for them. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to be negative about this whole thing, but there's a point where investing in this next wave is part of how you're going to get to the top of the mountain with these other schools. And clearly Leipold and Kleiman were candidates for Washington, but they elected to stay at their respective schools. I don't know if they were first and second. I'm not sure exactly how that played out. I would imagine Leipold's ahead of Jed Fish. I don't know. Maybe not. But because they've because they've they've invested in all those areas, it was less likely in a crazy world that Leipold's going to leave Kansas for Washington. And I think that's why not only – so if you invest in this area um, and you're competitive within your conference and you can make a playoff – I think Iowa State, Kansas, K-State is a better job than Mississippi too. State or South Carolina or some of these. There's no question. However, if you don't invest, then then the coaches are like, well, then, you know, you're not you're, it's going to be impossible because you can't keep your guys. So, again, it all goes together. I do think this was a, a learning moment for me specifically. Like, oh, my gosh, if if Matt leaves, hmm. uh, it would have been bad. I mean, that have been bad, bad, bad news for not only football, but basketball as well, because football drives the bus. So, I mean, I think what I, what I implore Cyclone fans is right now, yes, I, it's, I, I know you get hit over the head with all these things like, hey, we need to do this, we need to do that. And you got to support that. You got to support this. But this is the new, this is the new race. This is the new retention game. Coaches will stay if they feel like they're supported, not only from the administration, but from their fan base as well. And I think Iowa State checks a lot of boxes. The one box we still need to check is to support NIL at a higher level. It just is. Mm-hmm. It just, and I know that's the that's the NIL guy saying, "Hey, we need." Well, it's true. It's true. You know, I you don't have to tell me, brother. I know you're not talking to me, but I I'm an evolver die guy, and I mean, I talk to these coaches probably as much as you do sometimes, and it yeah, just you do. They, I think, all of them to a to a man would probably be like, yeah, I'd take a little less money if I could just give it to the play, but they can't like, it's not legal. Yep. Um, and and I, at the end mean, of the day, like, well, real r- r- yeah. quick, like on this, yeah. this Washington thing, like yeah. I, I do think fans forget that these are real humans. I was thinking about this earlier today. It's like, you know, Matt, like, I don't know what him and his wife talk about over dinner and what their aspirations. I have no idea. I do know that they have young kids. They got a bunch of kids. They got a pretty nice little life in Ames. And it's like what I, I did the research, like the cost of living difference in Manhattan, yeah, yeah. Kansas or Ames, Iowa to Seattle. It's like double. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're these administrators and these boosters or whatever, it's like if I can get Leipold and Campbell and Kleiman locked in for the, Great point. And put a giant buyout on it if they'll agree to it. And I do think we're coming to an era too where when the payers are starting to get paid, where Buy these contracts gonna... aren't going to be as one sided yes, towards the I coaches agree. now. I think we're going to get there. And it it just seems really smart to me if you like your guy. I mean, I, I don't know what Utah has with Kyle Whittingham, but I'd lock him up right now. I would I don't even care if he's been offered. I would go and give him a raise and I would get him the biggest freaking buyout on there that I could possibly gain. I think and, that's because you're I actually think this is super, super smart because the other thing is um, if you get a big buyout and these, even the SEC and the big 10 schools are going to start allocating money. It's happening. Everybody, you're going to start paying the players here in the next 18 months. I firmly believe yes. that. Um, the, yeah. And it's like, fine. You want to take 
Chris Kleiman, you got to pay us twenty million, and now we can pay our players with it. Exactly. Or, exactly. Know. Dead on. Or or they might not even go target somebody like Kleiman if he's a twenty million dollar buyout because they need the twenty million to pay their guys. So I, I think that's, that's, a, that's days- a really good. That's a really smart, really smart idea there. That I, that's coming, and you're you're ahead of the game with that. The days of paying the like three coaches at the same time are done. Yeah, you, like you what can't... Nebraska and Notre Dame were doing. Like, there's no Kansas was doing that. That is not going to happen in the future. And then the other part of it, C Dub, I would say is I actually think in the Big 12s and the ACCs, you're going to have to be a lot more patient to give your guys that have done it more time. You cannot be flying off the handle if you have one bad year because you, you cannot afford to keep the, the cycle. I mean, you're going to get burned a couple different ways. One, the culture is going to be tough because you're replacing somebody every other year. Uh, but then secondly, with the rules of the portal and the guys can jump, I mean, honestly, if Matt Campbell would have taken the Washington job, and again, I don't it, hypothetically, we don't even know if he was. I don't think he was ever offered the job. I don't want to confuse people. Right, but right. this was the story all day. Get on Twitter. It's all anyone was talking about. So we're talking about it here. But like what a lot of people don't know is if you change coaches, regardless of the portal being closed, your guys get 30-day window to go somewhere else. Um, and I, I don't think it's uh, – everyone knows that Matt Campbell, the players love the guy. So I would say would have seen attrition. I have no doubt that they would have seen attrition if, if you know, Campbell were to go somewhere else. And then that sets you back because you can't replace those guys because the portal's closed. Yeah, the- Portal's not open. This is the worst so, time for something it been, like this. It's a, like for Arizona, this is devastating for Arizona. Oh. And and from Iowa State's end, that's great because they because they, they were going to be picked ahead of Iowa State. They would have. It was going to yeah. be Utah, Arizona, Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa State, probably four or five somewhere in there. K State in that conversation. Um, but now they're going to watch. Watch the next ten days. They're going to lose a good portion of their roster, and I bet even the quarterback may follow Fish to Washington, and he was freshman of the year, so. It's just the rules are really against these programs that go late and stay late. And it's not Arizona's fault that their guy was taken from them, but uh, they're going to be up against it. And and their trajectory in the Big 12 will be significantly hindered because they lost their coach on January 14th. Next year is going to be tough for them. The next three years are going to be tough for them. And so it's just a, it's, it's a brutal spot for Arizona. And I, that's, again, why, back to your point, if you can lock up a guy that you're comfortable with, and you think it'd be successful, you ride with them. I mean, you yeah, really got to, it's a long-term, it's a long-term play. I would go to these guys and say, listen, like, here's our scenario. I'm not trying to hold you back from career aspirations. All right, Matt, uh, Lance, yeah. you've got like, like what Pollard did with Hoiberg. Okay. Fred, if you want to go to the NBA, I'll make it in this contract and it's going to be really easy for you to get to the NBA. Right. But, it, but if not, like, I'm going to be generous to you. I'm going to pay you above what you're worth. Okay. I'm going to give like, Matt, you're making four now. I'm going to get you to six. Okay. Or Lance, you're making four now. I'm going to get you to six, whatever it is. I don't even know the numbers. I used to know those off the top of my head. I don't anymore. And we're going to make this commitment to you. But if you like it here, then you got to in like, I know, I know you, Matt, I know you, Lance, I know you climbing, whatever. I know that you care about Kansas state football after you leave. We've got to be protected. Now the game has changed since when you got here and we need to put an aggressive buyout. If you go to another college and 
if those guys really do like it, like they say, and clearly Matt Campbell likes Ames. He's what nine years now, like whatever it is. Like crazy. this is it's yep. crazy how fast it's gone. Yep. But I, I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about it today, and I think this this is a like you said. I think we all the, they went four and eight last year, so this didn't really happen. And like this NIL thing, we haven't really thought about a coaching search since it started. So it got my wheels turning just a little bit. Yeah. But again, I well, put a bow on it. I never thought Matt was leaving. I and like our subscribers were kind of clued in on this. Like I, I thought the whole time this was fine. But man, it kind of took on a world of its own today. Well, and what just got my mind racing is like, oh my gosh, if this does happen, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if Matt was you you are really up against it with the new setup with the setup as it is, I would say it would really been up against it because not only do you lose your, your coach, possibly a significant portion of your staff, but then again, players are able to move as well. And so you, and there's nowhere to get players. There's, there's nowhere to get players. There's yeah, no draft coming. Exactly. And so that's why you, I think you just really got to preach patience, but it more than anything, Chris play, prevent defense, like do all you can so you don't get blindsided by something like like what happened to Arizona, because now they're and they're they're in they're in rough shape. So it's like, did we you can... see the Brett McMurphy report? Uh no. I'm gonna read it to you, and yeah. like this is this is wild. But if you follow, I don't know if we ever talked about it on this podcast, but Arizona's had financial problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of these Pac-12 schools have had financial problems. Brett McMurphy, who's I mean, really good. He's probably one of the top five guys in college football reporting. I'm going to read you his tweet exactly. Jed Fish accepts Washington job. Arizona has team meetings in the next hour, yada, yada, yada. Arizona had an opportunity to get Fish a new deal, but it wasn't a priority for the school, a source said. And my guess is that they're so broke, and this is where I really am thankful for Jamie Pollard, because I was sure Iowa State has debt. Everybody has some, but he he runs it like a business. Yes, and Iowa State is in a spot where they can they can wiggle a little bit if they if they need to. Or I, I'm guessing Arizona was just like, and I'm just going off of that tweet. Maybe yep. he's wrong, whatever. But they were probably like, Jeb, we can't compete with that. Like yeah, we just probably, can't. We can't afford it. I'm gonna guess Washington offered Fish nine or ten million dollars. I was told over the weekend that DeBoer was offered north of nine million to stay. So you would yeah, be right. In, yeah, know. I mean, or yeah, fish is not worth ten million dollars. But again, it it's not really what you're worth. It's what the market says you're worth. Exactly. So here's and then the, the th- I would guess he's making more like six or seven, but we'll see. And the th- the thing is. You're going to have an added cost here again in the next 18 months when schools are obligated to pay the players, and it's going to come one way or another. And that that expenditure is going to be anywhere in the, I would guess, don't know for sure, at least $5 million. I'm going to guess it could be closer to $10 million. If you throw in Title IX, in Title IX, this gets misrepresented a little bit. It's not the amount, it's the opportunity. So it's not like you have to spend $10 million on your men's players and $10 million on your women's players. But but anyway, that's another conversation. Point is, you're going to need, in a lot of these places, $5, 10 maybe $15 million added on to your budget in addition to that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. There, there are moves you can make now to protect yourself with the way this direction is headed. And I know Iowa State's 
on it. They're thinking about this. But I think what you mentioned about locking up your staff and having patience and giving your guy, if you like him, a longer runway is critical now more than ever. These coaching contracts are going to calm down. And if you can lock somebody in that you like, I only think it helps the cause. And not only does it help your football program, it helps all of your programs because then everything is predictable. I mean, that's the thing is like, if, if you can know, hey, this is coming every year, or this is what this was what we expect, then you're going to be better off and you're not going to be blindsided like Arizona probably is right now. What a devastating thing. You think that they're getting things going and now yeah, they're going to go I, from being picked like third in the Big 12 to 14th. Yeah, I just I don't like, think your roster is going to get rated and it's going to be sad because it's like, like Oregon State went from a top 15 team to now they're playing basically in the Mountain West without a coach. And my goodness, like it can go south in a hurry. And you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait for D-Day when you could have done something before then. And I don't think Oregon State could have done anything. It sounds like Arizona was up against it anyway. But at Iowa State right now, things are okay. Things are pretty good. But if you got to keep investing to keep ahead of it so you don't so you avoid that D-Day that you know could come in next offseason. That uh, that former Iowa State. No, wait a minute. He's the Arizona State guy. No matter. Yeah. No, I was going to take a shot at Robbins or whatever his name is. What's that guy's name? Uh, Crow. Oh, Crow. Crow. Robbins is at Arizona. He's we like him. He's he's good. Yeah, but but he, like look at Colorado. I mean, Colorado had a you know great year. They have all this new investment. If Dion leaves and he's going to leave at some point, I'm going to guess a bunch of that roster goes with him, and then they're up against it. So it's, that's like we just it, we have to have. I'm not even saying there's got to be. There's such a misconception with all of this that this is all great for the players. Yeah. It's not because they're not protected at all. I mean, at what these stats that we get every year about guys who entered the portal and never come out like they've got to get, they've got to unionize. I know that's an ugly word. There's got to be a, it's, it's watch the NFL. Market. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. every it's, other professional sport has figured this out. And for some reason, college has waited this long and it's going to get figured out. I would but say to the right. players, if you want to be treated like professionals and paid and all that stuff, then then you need to act like professionals and, you know, galvanize yourselves accurately. Um, it It's just one of those things. So anyways. Yeah. Um, good chat. I think it's it's a fascinating like this again, more than anything, it it reminded me this weekend of how fragile um specifically a college football program can be is it can go from literally 100 to zero real fast um so the more you can do to protect yourself um and invest and and show support and love and all those things then then the better and that's why again i'm kind of banging the drum of the whole nil thing investing in nil proves to the coaching staff that we believe in you and what you're doing because we are investing in our guys and that's there is something to that uh, I want to thank our friends at Terraplex Ag. Terraplex is the premier destination for agricultural drones in the Midwest. From sales and service to training and agronomy, people over at Terraplex cannot be beat. We've met them all. They're fantastic, great local company, and they are the leader in agricultural drone sales. Search them. Uh, check out their website, terraplexag.com. Locations in Odable, Casey, or Pella. Also want to, uh, hey, uh, you know why uh, it's cost of living's great here in Iowa? It's because of guys like our friend Colin Newell. 
right? I'm signing all my papers to get all my insurance officially moved over to Colin Newell with Farm Bureau Financial Services this week. He's coming by the office. Looking forward to getting that done. He is the former Iowa State offensive lineman, of course, played for Matt Campbell, played beside greats like Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. And he's just a great all-around guy. Colin Newell, insurance uh, with Farm Bureau Financial Services. And finally, my buddy Jeff Kelderman at Kelderman Manufacturing. Um, They do all sorts. We told you about the laser cutting. We've told you about the uh, great agricultural products they have. They also do custom custom stuff with your truck. Uh, That's what I like. I'm getting a big grill put on my Cyclone Fanatic. Carl Chevrolet Silverado, uh, and then he's going to laser cut the Cyclone Fanatic logo, and it's going to be sweet. Kelderman.com. Check them out. They do all sorts of great stuff down in Oskaloosa. What a day on Saturday for the Iowa State men and women. Real quick on the Kelderman thing. Could he make my Toyota Camry look cooler than a Toyota Camry is? It's probably not possible, but if it is, maybe Kelderman. I don't necessarily think that's where he specializes. <laughs> they specialize in diesel trucks is what the website says. Yeah, it just okay. feels like, Leave hey, my Camry Bloom, at home. Bloom's taking the Camry down to ask, hey, what can you my do, Kelderman? Camry? How can you Bloom do says that you can trick this thing out for me. What do you got? What do you got? Let's see how good he is. Um, let's let's go in chronological order and start with the women who yeah. beat number four, Baylor, uh, the noon tip on Saturday Brent, the Iowa State women are five and zero in the Big Twelve. I think they're going to be ranked. I think Addie Brown and Audie Crooks are both legitimate first team All Big Twelve candidates as true freshmen. This is incredible. I felt like last Sunday they beat BYU, and we're like, uh, I hope they can win one. Yep, we said this it. week they go two and zero. They beat two ranked teams. They have a huge 19-point comeback on Wednesday. And then they had a nice – they were down double digits, I think. Were they down 10 to Baylor or 9, one of the two? Yeah, it was, yeah, yep. It was the, this is truly an incredible thing to watch. You mix in Emily Ryan. Um, this is one of the best stories, I think, in all of sports right now. Certainly not going to get that coverage. But five freshmen, Finley – you know, that, that video that Mark Freund shot of him like jumping and running into the right. locker room yeah. was just incredible. This is a great story, and I hope everybody's paying attention. Yeah, it's so cool. And then the, the interesting part, which I don't, again, I don't pretend to know how the numbers work specifically on the women's basketball side, is Iowa State went up one spot in the net rankings from 40 to 39. It's like, I think you would jump a little bit more than that. Uh, however, this is what's exciting, C-Dub. You go to Texas Tech on Wednesday. Texas Tech is, again, solid. Wouldn't call them great. They're ranked 67th in the net. And then you get TCU at home. TCU is ranked 38th, uh, right above you uh, on Saturday. There is, Iowa State could win both those games. And then you're 7-0. and And I don't think Iowa State's ever been 7-0 and in women's basketball in the conference. I don't think it's ever wow. happened. Okay. I don't think it's yeah, ever happened. Probably right. Not, I will look it up. I will look it up this week and put it out there. But this team could do things that haven't been done before, even despite the immense success of Fenley. This stuff, but you got to go do it. Now, Iowa State's had a lot of luck in Lubbock in the last five years, and obviously he's been good at home. But you're seeing some really fun stuff, and you're seeing Crooks and, and Brown turn into legitimate superstars right before our eyes. 
And what I think the best part is it looks like Coach Fenley is just having an absolute blast and just enjoying himself. And that could have got real sideways yesterday with the six points that should not have been on the board. The most egregious missed travel I've ever seen in my life that turned into a a three-quarter court shot for Baylor. Uh, but thankfully, it ended up not mattering, and, and Iowa State's 5-0 and and all atop the Big 12 Conference, and what a story it is. Yeah, and the Brown and Crooks thing is just amazing. The, the other one is Jones. Kelsey played great. She did. She just keeps making these. She's kind of like their their glue player in a weird way. Uh, no doubt. Both, both rallies in those two games were kind of started by her hitting a three from the left wing in, in both of those games. And she plays really good defense. Ashley didn't really do that as a freshman. You know, Kelsey's True. out there defending. Um, and then, uh, you know, Bristow gives you those spot minutes. She, yep. She was and good we've to- talked a lot about Jackson and, yep. and what she's been able to do. And, you know, Emily Ryan, what can you say about her? I mean, really shouldn't be there. Most Most young people would just have moved on with all your friends who you came in with. And she has like this new lease on her basketball life. She's coaching out there. And she she looks like she's having she reminds me of Finley, like the amount of fun yeah. that Emily looks like she's had. I'm so happy for her. I just I adore her. This is her and Robert Jones like have this spot in my like cyclone loving heart I where yeah. I just it, I feel so happy for both of those players. Yep. And then um that's a great, great point. And also I'll I'll throw in Hannah Bellinger, who's been a yeah. really, really fun play. She's Big making shot everything Bellinger, out. man. Yeah, she's just been money and she re- played really solid defense as well. So, no, I, I love the Ryan and Jones thing because they're, those are two people, everybody on each team looks up to them. And you, you may not realize how important they are until you some, spend some time with each of those teams away from the floor. It's it's very similar and two people that love Iowa State. They just love Iowa State and they'll be they're the Niang types that will be around in 10 years just because they want to be, um, not because they have to be. And I'm so yeah, I'm just I'm just thrilled for that entire the entire operation on the women's basketball side. But I I think I think this team can compete to win the conference. You go two and oh this Which week. Is you're insane. Just, you're seven and oh. I mean, you are in really, really good shape. And Chris, Iowa State really hasn't played the bottom end of the conference yet. You know, that win at Oklahoma State's getting better and better. That's Oklahoma State's only lost this year. Like, you are doing some really good things and setting yourself up great for um, not only to get in the tournament, but, you know, potentially winning outright or shoot. Last time Iowa State won a regular season Big 12 championship on the women's side, I think it was 2001. Yeah, you said Texas Tech on Wednesday and then Saturday – TCU. Uh, th- that that game's in Lubbock, and then Saturday they're at home against TCU. That is a one o'clock tip, and then they go to Kansas. So yeah, I mean, team that they've they've already beaten. Yeah, and they, they had a big win over Baylor, and they, again that that win over Kansas is looking looking nice as well. On William, the men after a wild day where I didn't think they, I, I guess I didn't think they were going to get that game in with Oklahoma State's travel issues. Iowa State, to their credit, kept telling me, we're playing tonight. <laughs> that was the message I kept getting. I'm like, oh, they haven't left yet. I'm watching them on a flight tracker. Oklahoma State gets there. Um, it's good on them to 
you know, exhaust every option to get up there. Yep. They moved the game back about two and a half hours. A uh, sluggish start and then a dominant performance. One of the most dominant wins of the year, considering it's a high major team. I know they're not great this year, but that's still a rival that has you scouted that, you know, good coach, high major players, and you just blew them out. Like yeah. I, that game, other than the first five minutes print, was never in question. My takeaway is, once again, Hassan Ward changes this team. They could be undefeated if he hadn't gotten hurt. But that makes we, you wonder. Yeah, we can't look back on that too much. But he just changes it defensively so much, and he's turned into a pretty good offensive player too. Lipsy leads you with seventeen, one of the best point guards in the country. And suddenly, we're all, you know, last week a lot of people were probably jumping to too many conclusions after that road loss to Oklahoma. You and me said, calm down. We thought it was going to be okay. They are two and one going into this week. And I think we all feel pretty good about the men. No doubt. Yeah. I think uh, Mike Boynton had the quote and it was his language, not mine here, but he said, uh, Iowa state played great and Oklahoma state played shitty. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of agree with that. I mean, that's what you really think, sir. Yeah. The first five minutes was like, Oh no, here we go again with these guys. It looked like one of those games that might end up 50 to 48 and you're sweating it out. And then Iowa state just put the clamps on. And I just, I kind of felt bad for those guards for Oklahoma state. When Ward came in, he changed the entire game around because all of a sudden he's getting flexions all over the place. Taman Lipsy is, is as, as, as active as any guard in the country of just creating havoc. And when Taman started getting downhill into the rim whenever he wanted, it was game over. I mean, Iowa State didn't even shoot it that great and still won by 25. So um, just what the doctor ordered, business-like, wasn't pretty, but you just want to get out of there with a win and hopefully a 10-point win for, for rankings-wise. And Iowa State now 12th and Ken Palm and 10. Well, and moved up again, yeah. So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my prediction – if you're listening to this on Monday at 11 o'clock, you'll see the ranked Iowa State Cyclones, and it sets up a big game with BYU on Tuesday. Yeah, 8 o'clock tip for that one, so we're going to start to get these later games with BYU, as, as we saw during the football season, ESPN+. Plus. Then they come, or they go to TCU, where they will be a decided underdog in that one. Yeah, TCU I, beat a, Houston over the weekend. This, this is one of those games where it's like, or this week's where, let's see how good you are. Go one and one this one week, and, and we're you, thrilled, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, BYU is interesting because they're still ranked 11th in Ken Palm. I know they lost to Baylor. They lost at home to Cincinnati. How about this, C-Dub? They are one of the, t- the nation's leaders. Over 51% of BYU's points come from the three-point line. And, what, is that, wow. what, is, what does Iowa State struggle with? That. Yeah. It's a bad matchup in that bad, Well, it is, but if you can speed them up, I don't – I mean, these BYU guards, they can shoot it. They're not the most athletic. And so I, it's, I'll be interested to see what kind of philosophy Iowa State does. You're on the road. It's a tough place to play. You're at altitude a little bit. But can you get BYU to quicken up and turn the ball over? Because all five guys on that team can make a shot. And they shoot it. They shoot it often. They shoot it great. So can you speed them up? And on the other end, I truly believe between Lipsy, Gilbert, uh, Curtis Jones, and Momchilovich, you should be able to get some really good looks. Now, Baylor's metrics – or excuse me, BYU's metrics are good. But I don't think that was against the high-level athletes that Iowa State's throwing out there. Baylor exposed them a little bit. Cincinnati exposed them a little bit in quickness. So I think this is an interesting game. I, BYU will be favored. 
But um, if, if you can win a game in Provo or win a game uh, down in, in Fort Worth, you are ahead of the curve this week. Interesting to me, we focus a lot on these net rankings and Ken Palm. We talked about this. We did an extended pregame show for those who didn't watch it for the Oklahoma State game. Bloom and I don't really pay attention to the polls very often. It's all about the net and the Ken Palm, for me at least. Yeah. Fascinating to me. So Houston goes 0-2 this week. Yep. They're still number one in the net. Yep. They're they're just, you know, but they have those four quad ones, which is, is really impressive at this point. But Houston's still number one. BYU, despite being three lost BYU now, is still number four. Yep. In the net. And Iowa State is number 10 in the net. So just a huge opportunity. If you win that game, which, you know, you're beating a top five net team if Iowa State beats BYU. Like, despite, like, I don't think they're a top five team. I don't Iowa either. Them, uh, I, especially the, when this Big 12 grind keeps going, I would keep fading them. But the computers don't know that. They do not. So th- this is huge. And then TCU's 29 in net. So, like, the grind is on. Interestingly, I, I, I like Iowa State's chances more at BYU than I do at TCU. No from doubt. What seen, from what I've seen Absolutely. so far. Um, now, Iowa State's going to be dogs, I think, in both those games. Or at least, you know, it depends on the, the game Tuesday. Maybe Iowa State's a pick them down in Fort Worth. It's going to be relatively close no matter what. Um, one other thing, individually speaking, what I saw Iowa State do a little bit, and I want to see more of, and TJ, if you're listening, and, and you know, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's paying uh, attention. I liked the way they used Momchilovich a little more in the ISO game. And, you yeah. know, have it the high post a little bit. Sometimes they just cleared it out, let him go to They're treating him like a pro more and I, more. They, they should. Honestly, yeah. if I'm TJ, TJ, if you're listening again, what did you do for Niang and Mike Dom? Do that. They, yeah, they're 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 running more of a professional offense. It's it's It should because he is such a mismatch for everybody, and he's proven he can handle it. They had him operating the mid-pain a little bit yesterday. And he was really good from you know 10, 12 feet, which is great. I just think you just you just recreate the Niang offense if you can. Now, that takes a lot of uh it's like you just throw that in overnight. But I, I believe in in Milan's upside enough that I think he can be a 20, 20 plus point a game guy. Um, you know, not every night, but I think he can get you some even against the the quality of defense of the Big 12. He's that good. Another thing, too, that I don't think a lot of fans thought about, we try and educate you guys a little bit on this show. Most of it's nonsense. (laughs) But a lot of people, postpone the game, play it on Sunday. Well, the reason they didn't want to is Iowa State has that long trip to Provo, and Kansas or Oklahoma State also plays on Tuesday as well. So, like, these programs, I don't think most fans fully understand how locked into the minute they are so by taking an entire day away both iowa state and oklahoma state thought it will give us a great disadvantage in our games on tuesday especially iowa state that's got to go west for sure all the way out to utah so for those people who were tweeting at me to postpone and i get it safety first it was brutal out there i totally understand there was that aspect of this where I'm guessing if both those teams had Wednesday games, perhaps they would have considered it, but the Tuesday thing makes it a super quick turnaround. Yep, because I would say to leave Monday around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. So that would have been a tough turnaround, specifically if you're going that direction 
against a good team at altitude. So, no, there's no question. I would say wanted that game being played yesterday. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. And the conference makes it pretty clear that it's up to the other team to get there, it, it, you know, as long as they can. And kudos to Oklahoma State for doing it. It I, I give Boynton credit. Didn't make excuses in the he was great post game. Post game, he was like, awesome. we just made the best out of a lot of bad choices, which I, you know, I feel I felt for them. There was a point in that second half. You're like, these guys are just. They're over it. They don't want to be here, and I don't blame them one bit. That would have been a long, long, long day. So I feel for them. Obviously, it doesn't play them again this year. Hopefully, they can get some wins for their end uh, because I don't know if Boynton's going to be long for that job going forward. Can I give you one? There's one stat that Iowa State that I really like before we wrap things up for these road games coming up. One is the defense, and we'll we'll stay tuned on it, but it's looking like I had underrated the defense last week when I gave the over-under at, what did I say, 35? Yeah, 33. Conference-only games, Iowa State's now first in the conference. They went from that? ninth to first. So shout-out to those guys. They they were shown tape. I knew that the coaches could do it because we they've proven it. You know, this staff is elite with that. But a guy like Momchilovich, if you watch him play defense against Oklahoma and then these last two games, it's like, wow. Way better. Yep. Wow. He helped his draft stock. No, no doubt. No doubt. And then so, Gilbert, by the way, Gilbert and Jones are Curtis Jones, Rob too, but yeah. specifically on the perimeter defense. Really when good. I was Lipsy, Lipsy, Gilbert, and Jones just caused complete chaos out there. That's why I'm optimistic in every game Iowa State plays. Because if you're turning teams over like Iowa State did to Oklahoma State, you're going to win almost everything. It can just, I give you the, the other stat that makes me think this team can win some road games? Um, 20, uh, excuse me, 55, excuse me, 56% of Iowa State's points are coming from the two-point range Yep. right now. 60th yep. of the country, 23% coming from three-point range. That's 319th in the country. So, Chris, why do you say that analytics, the three-point shot is is key in, in, in the sport of basketball? I understand all that. But my point is this travels. And Iowa State is ranked 100th, getting 20.5% of its points from the free throw line. And this is kind of like that football team that, you know, defense travels. Iowa State's bigs, and now you got this lob game with Ward that you didn't have in the non-conference. It's much less like in, in the Hoiberg era. It's like, oh, man, we're way more talented than these teams. But you may have that Texas Tech stinker where you go, you know, two of four 25 of, yeah, and three. Thirty, yeah. That this team's just not built that way. And... Uh, I again, like I, I think this team's probably, but well, I, I think this team will get blown out a couple of times. When I say that, that's like double digits. They're not going to lose any game by thirty. They're too talented yep. for that. Yep. But now that we've got a little bit of a Big Twelve, you know, they're they're tough. Their bigs are really good. This is the first time in the Otzelberger era where you can line up with your bigs and say we're cool. as good, yep. if not we're better, good than you. you. Yep. And that travels really well, especially when you have a really good point guard. Great, great point. Great point in that you're it's total difference with BYU, though, like we talked about. They are going to want to shoot a bunch of threes, very skill-based. They're tall, but they're not going to – they don't shoot free throws. They do not get to the line. They do not shoot twos. This is a – BYU is going to shoot it 35 times from out there, and you hope you make they make eight and not 15. 
I mean, it's honestly like I don't want to oversimplify the game. You turn them over before they get up a shot. That's the goal Tuesday. We will have Williams and Bloom Wednesday, where we will recap that game. That'll be one thirty on the stream. We'll go live, uh, and then we'll have the women play on Wednesday. So that's good. Space them out Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Uh, Iowa State, by the way, six and zero all time against BYU. Wow. Inter- that's fascinating. And the last time Iowa State went to BYU is one of my favorite games in the history of Iowa last, State basketball. Last time they played, that was the uh, the gouge, the Micah gouge, the epic, the absolutely epic, ninety to eighty eight. Oh, so great, so great. Speaking of Micah, Micah Byers with Iowa State basketball um, in the book told me he was in the locker room with DeAndre Kane after all that. And he gave me like a firsthand account of watching that game with DeAndre Kane from the locker room. It's, it's fascinating. Did that guy lose his eyeball or do we know if, if is Eric Michael? Okay. <laughs> he lost his eyeball. Okay. Whipple's hybrids, big 12 segment real quick. Plant your independence plant Whipples. Uh, Baylor leads the league right now. They are three and zero. Scott true is fantastic. Is Texas tech for real? They're three and zero as well. What do you uh, think about the red Raiders? Nah. This seems- Fishy to me, seems not, fishy. I'd fade them now. Yeah, I mean they're tough. I, I like I like Mc, the coach McCoslin a lot. I Pop Isaacs is just he's either going to get you thirty or he's going to. I like Pop Isaacs. Him. He's fun he's, player. He's a crazy. He's, he's fun. A crazy if, I don't think I'd want him on my team. I, but he's I, fun he to would, watch. He would give me a lot of headaches if I was trying to coach him. It's kind of like watching Mike Taylor back in the day. Really, it is. It's yeah. like, what's uh you know he he keeps both teams in the game. You just you're not quite sure how is it going to go, but I I don't I'm not a huge believer in Texas Tech, but they're they're tough. And they're going to be hard to, to win. It's going to be hard to win in Lubbock every time. It's just a tough place to play. The other notable Big Twelve Oklahoma they won't be anymore. Yeah. I told you to fade them. Yeah, uh, they are the ninth ranked team in the country, and they are one and two in the Big Twelve. Uh, it's kind of like BYU. We told you to fade them too. I hope you hope you guys have been listening to us. They're one and two ranked in the top twenty. Texas goes on the road and loses at West Virginia. Yeah, so I, a, I feel like I, I don't know what that says more about Texas or West Virginia. I would lean. It says more about Texas that I just don't know. I don't think they're very tough. I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't see it. They should have the never hired that guy. That was well, a bad short sighted move. I'm telling just, you, they just, and they're small. Like those guards are super, super, super small. They, they, they're, they're going to get bullied by a lot of the teams in the big 12 which is a weird thing to say for Texas, but they are just light. They are not physical. They're not physically imposing at all. Is Houston the best one and two team in big 12 history? Yes. Yeah. They're they, really. Yeah. They need but, the, the one thing with them is, you know, SEMA up close. If, if they get in a slugfest, they're going to be, they're going to be fine. They don't have a lot of shooters. I mean, I think Iowa no. state's in the same boat. Like they shed They're similar teams. Yeah. Shed sharp and crier again, really good shooters. But if, if, if two of those guys are off, they're going to struggle. I mean, and struggle by them low sixties. And then you hope you're, you're, you you get bailed out by the offensive rebound. But what they're finding now when they played in the American and they'd miss a bunch of shots, they were just so physically overwhelming to those other teams in the American that they would just clean up on the offensive glass. Well, now you play Iowa state and TCU Teams that again, you're, you 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 rebound better than those two, but not at the level where you can just get away with missing a bunch of shots. And uh, that's what they're going to find out. They're going to run into more losses this year than they have in a decade, just for the nature of they can't do it the same way. 
and be successful in the league. But see, what I will say is I think Houston's upside tournament will be better because they are tested game in and game out in the Big 12. So they're going to lose more games in conference play, but they're still going to be a factor. And I would, I would definitely be interested in them making a Final Four. I think that's that's very very very. I, I, I won't call I was, it probable because it's a crapshoot, but I, yeah. I'm still high on Houston. I was on with uh, Trent Condon on KXNO his show this week, and we like to talk about the odds. It's kind of what we do. And I told him after I this is before they I don't know what their odd is to win the national title right now. It was ten to one after they lost Iowa State. And I told Trent, I go, wait until they have like four or five big 12 losses and then bet them because they'll yeah. be better in March for it. But there's, there's you can no tell. And I've heard about Calvin Sampson, like off the record to people being like, this is a totally different deal. They knew that this was coming. Sampson's not dumb. I also heard the the guy, uh, the Houston reporter I sat next to told me that Sampson was not looking forward to returning to Hilton Coliseum last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he got what he, he got what he thought he was. So real other quick. coaches, there's certain guys who like. I think Self likes it. I think yeah. Scott Drew likes it. There's certain yeah. guys that embe- they embrace they, it. They embrace the thing. There's Kelvin Sampson don't. was not embracing the Iowa State crowd. This was not like this reunion. Oh, I'm coming back to the Big Eight. It was, yeah. I did not get that feel the other Hel- night from Kelvin. Do you know who else doesn't like coming to Hilton? Fran McCaffrey. <laughs> you can tell that oh, I don't want to be here. He hates that place. So real real quick, here are the odds to win the national championship right now. Okay. There's one favorite. Who is it? Uh Purdue. Yep. At eight to one. Okay. And then say three white tie for or second. Kansas. Between? No. Kansas is way down now. They're at twenty five to one. People are not buying uh, Kansas. Houston, Yukon and Houston? Yukon and Houston are two of the three. Yep. Good job. And then the third is Arizona. Oh, okay. Who I I also like Arizona. They had some. They've had some baffling losses though. But I think they'll figure. They're it. really good. I yeah. I God the Big Twelve next year. It's I crazy to think that. you're going to kick yeah. Oklahoma and Texas out and get better, but they are. And so, like even at, like Central Florida is one and two, but God they beat they beat Kansas. Like so here's an interesting. Just to wrap up, this is a perfect way to wrap up this 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 show today. If you're Arizona, what was the quote from uh, was it the the reporter who said they didn't even try to keep fish? Yeah, Brett McMurphy. Yeah. McMurphy. Are they going to go all in on basketball? Do they just say, you know what, we're going to have our resources, whatever they are, on 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 Coach Coach Lloyd or whatever his name is, and I think it's Lloyd, and the basketball team? Like, do they have here's, to pick? Well, here's an idea. We combine that theory with our coaching theory about buyouts mm. and paying the players and you just, but you have to have a coach that people want. That's the key. But I always thought this was before Campbell stabilized Iowa state and I'll give Travis Hines credit. I think he was the one who planted this in my head and I always thought it was a really good idea. You can't do it now because Matt's done too well, mm-hmm. but like where you just treat it like a mid major, even though you're not in one, you treat your job like a mid major and you just start collecting all this buyout money and, um, you know, you can't yeah, no, do that now because everything yeah. has changed, but maybe that you're right. Like, I mean, we, in your world, I've talked to a lot of big East people about this. I have a lot of contacts out in the big East. 
they're at a huge advantage because they don't have to pay football players. Right. And maybe you're right. Maybe Arizona does that. It's another reason why I don't really particularly want Gonzaga in this league. Yep. No, I think it's, I think in football is such a monster that it does drive everything. So you still need a vibrant football program, but so it's really hard calculation to make, but I, you, you got to wonder if Arizona's like, you know what? We're going to take the $6 million that we get from Washington for Fish's buyout and we'll invest it with football for some of it. But then we also, we can win a national championship in basketball. And they have. They have been close. They've never been close in football. And they're up against it financially anyway. Maybe they just made a concerted effort of like, you know what? We'll roll with it. We're not going to go crazy. And uh, we'll put all of our eggs or a majority of our eggs in the basketball bucket. It's wild how poorly these Pac-12 stools have done financially. All because of Larry Scott. Yeah, it's I mean, that, there was that deal that came out this week. Sports Business Journal, I think, had the amount of debt. And Iowa was one of the top 10 biggest debt athletic departments in the country. But these Pac-12 schools, man, they they really that's why they moved. It wasn't yeah. that they wanted to break up. They had to. They had yeah. no options. Yeah, they couldn't They're, do the Apple TV thing. And so. still, you got Arizona, who what a what a cautionary tale for their football program. Really curious how the next two weeks works for them. Do you know who they, I think they're going to hire? No. Pete, Pete Carroll's son. Really? Was the offensive coordinator there. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Just, just well, it wouldn't be a terrible hire. You no. feel like you could probably do worse than that. They had a really yep. good offense. They did. All right, Bloom, thank you. We will see you on Wednesday. Thanks to everybody. Uh, happy MLK Day. I hope you guys enjoy your days off if you have that. Stay warm. It's brutal out there. We did this on the stream because Bloom didn't want to walk a block, and I can't say that <laughs> I blamed him. It's brutal. It's, it's horrible. I don't want to leave my house for the rest of January. He's Brent Bloom. My name is Chris Williams. We are presented as always by our friends at MacDyne. We'll be back on Wednesday.